Hey, hey, this is Tracy Austin with Mental Fitness Matters. This show is designed to provide people with tips, strategies, and solutions to improve your mental fitness. This is Mental Fitness Matters. Hey, hey, everybody. I hope you guys are out there having an amazing week. I am pumped about today's show and my guests for today. Uh, we just have a really important conversation, and I think this guy, he's just such a good guy. And over the last year of getting to know him and what his mission is and what he stands for, he is perfect for our community. You guys know on this show that we are oftentimes talking about mental strategies to help us remain mentally fit in any situation in life. And I'm going to introduce Coach Kwame Dixon to our community because being a coach is not an easy job. Being a coach is not an easy job. Um, They're tasked with balancing the performance of a team, but they're also tasked with developing well-rounded, kind-hearted, and confident human beings. You know, and so that job is twofold, and it's not just about sport. It's about life beyond sport. And this is someone who really gets that, who embodies that, and wants to provide his players and the people that he touches an opportunity to be the best version of themselves on and off the field. So let me introduce to my community, we have Coach Kwame Dixon. He is a 1987 graduate of the University of Pittsburgh, where he played football and earned a bachelor's degree in business administration. Coach Dixon has been an educator and coach for the past 31 years. In addition to being the owner of the Parisi Speed School in Apex for the past five years, he currently serves as an offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at Holly Springs. Coach Dixon, welcome to the Mental Fitness Matters show, my friend. It's so good to have you. Thank you for your time. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So tell the community a little bit about yourself. I gave you a short little bio here, but tell us a little bit about kind of who you are as an entrepreneur and coach. What's been your journey and path to to where you are right now? Well, athletics was always the most important thing to me growing up, uh, even when my parents said I needed certain grades to participate. Uh, I chose the, the least uh, level of resistance to achieve those goals. Um, and then my coaches were the most influential people for my development, uh, not my teachers, um, not anybody else in the community because we were spending so much time together um, that inevitably I, I, I played college football, uh, earned my degree because of college football, uh, and went in the business world after because I thought that's what I wanted to do following some family. Um, but my passion ended up being athletics and fell back into coaching, trying to make a difference in young lives and uh, have been here, wow, 31 years is a long time. I didn't realize it's been that long, but um, but that's what I'm passionate about. That's my ministry. That's how I can make a difference. Uh, wins and losses will come, um, but at the end of the day, I have some of my first players who I coach, you know, who are still in touch with me today. Uh, hey, coach, just want to let you know I have a three-year-old, five-year-old, uh, married or whatever, um, and it's amazing to me that over all these years, they've still decided to keep in touch. So, that's a big deal. Um, that's how I got into athletics. Uh, I'm passionate now just over the years, and, um, and I'm hoping to develop you know, great student athletes and 
young men and women, not just uh, wins and losses. I love it. I love it. I love it. And that's such a big deal. You know, people coming back and people sharing uh, your impact because you are you're very influential in your community in the school, helping the student athletes become more than just what they're doing in terms of performance. I've heard you say and I, and I love this. Sports are what you do, not who you are. Speak to that a little bit. Sports are what you do, not who you are. Well, so much of today's student athlete is like with social media and or broadcast through the Internet that they sometimes lose sight of, okay, their worth, their self-worth becomes their accomplishments. You know, how many in my field, how many yards did they pass for? Or what did they did they win or lose? And that's just something that they do. Right, Playing is a the term play is enjoyment. It's not supposed to be that I'm dominated by sport, right? And so playing for your team or being the captain of a team or being even the most successful, it's just something that you do. Um, who you are, in my case, is Kwame Dixon, father of three, husband uh, for t- over 28 years. You know, that's who I am, not coach of the football team, you know, very successful football teams, some not so successful is just what I do. But that doesn't mean that my worth or who I am is heightened or lowered by the success of those programs. That's big. And it's big that you're saying that because you're so right. You're so much more than coach, your father, husband, uh, mentor, you have these other titles and roles. But as athletes, I used to play college basketball, and I remember, you know, the first thing, what do you do? You're, we're women's basketball, you know, so you're, you're identified by the sport. And when that sport stops and or ends, whether it's by choice or by injury or just kind of aging out, then who are you, right? Then mm-hmm. what's your impact? What are you seeing right now are some of those barriers? Is there, How does that impact performance when we think about having these labels, having these titles, having our identity and the, the work that you're doing and talking about and trying to instill more than just the sport, but also the person is that a challenge that you see? Are you faced with that challenge daily? Or how does that work in the spaces that you hold? Well, it's very challenging for a few reasons. One, The biggest reason is the time, right? So we only, as a coach only, I'm not in the school anymore. You only have two hours a day with student athletes, right? And that's not even seven days a week. That's five days and maybe two hours on a, or an hour on Saturday watching film in season. So trying to prepare for what you're there for, which is competition, but then also make sure that the overall well-being of the student athlete is at, at, at its best. The time is, you know, together is what is probably the biggest obstacle. Um, I try to talk to the parents, right? Parents are the ones who control everything. They're the gatekeepers of time. Um, they're the gatekeepers of transportation. They're the gatekeepers of financial, uh, so many different things for the students. So my ministry tries to become an opportunity to talk to the parents about, you know, how is Johnny doing? And, and I can honestly say a hundred percent of the time the parent has responded with, well, he's, complaining about this at practice or he doesn't feel like his shoulder is doing this or he's not learning the place and i'm like no hold on time out that's not what i'm asking i know how he's doing in practice (laughs) or on the field of performance i want to know how he is doing 
as a regular 16-year-old in your house? You know, how is he responding to the multitude of pressures that students today are dealing with? Um, and the parents literally usually are taken back, you know, look at me sideways. Is this a test or are you trying to get me to admit to something about you know, my child? And, you know, and, um, but that, I don't know if it's societal or cultural, but it seems like everything is based, at least in athletics, in my experience, even at the high school level, on their level of performance, not with them as a student. Yeah. And that's a big, big deal because that can be, there's pros and cons to that, right? And you're right, as what we're seeing as a society and things changing and the outcries that these kids are having with literally taking their own lives, dealing with depression and anxiety, you know, we're checking in and that first thought is, oh yeah, well, they're, their grades are awesome or they're not, or their performance on the field is awesome or it's not. But the question that you're getting down deeper to, but how is this 16-year-old Johnny doing in this thing called life? You know, to, right. so to really care about that, to really ask questions about that. And you're really trying to build solutions and resources around that in the spaces that you're in to give them access and to have supports outside of sport. That's a big deal. Yes, because that's, just what they do right they just play they're not you would never ask them how they're doing and then the parents start talking about well they drive the car real well you know <laughs> driving a car is just what they do but for some reason or you know like i said culturally societally we have determined that because you're talking to the football coach that their actions on the football field is is who they are um and it's not because there's so many detriments of it as a former athlete myself. And as you know, it's up and down one day, you can be the greatest and tomorrow you can be an idiot. I don't yep. know how many parents have told me how great I am one week and how they don't know how I got the job the next, you know, and I'm like, did I lose some intellectual abilities from last Friday to this Friday that, you know, the same parents who were singing my praises are now crying for my dismissal, you know. Um, but it's it's just kind of scary because we never think of athletes having any problems, right? Usually right. the captain of the team or the, the cheerleader or whatever it is, oh, those are the popular kids or the... And what we're finding is that there's some deep inherent issues that they're dealing with that either we didn't understand because my performance was never broadcast to the world by, you know, the Internet. There was no such thing when I used to play. So can I really understand all the things that today's athlete is feeling or going through because of technology that wasn't there when I was there? Yeah. Well, what I, I may not understand all the things they're going through, but I can see if there's a problem. I mean, that is universal. I can look in their face and realize that, okay, something is different mm -hmm. than what it was yesterday or something is, you know, they're not here with me right now where they were yesterday. Um, I don't need to know that technology or something is a problem. I just know that something is not wrong, not right and there needs to be a place or an opportunity for them to say, yeah, coach, I need some help. And it's not 
okay, well, you're just a weak-minded, you can't play or this or that. Or the parents don't want to tell you because they're afraid you may limit their opportunity. Um, student athletes are still human beings just like everyone else and need help every now and then. That part, that part, that part. And you hit on a couple of different things as I'm listening to you talk and as you just explained, you know, how one week you can be the coach of the year and how within the next 24 hours you can be the worst thing that's out there. And thinking about that in terms of the maturity, and you're an adult, you're a grown man, so brain is fully developed. And when we think about our youth, their brain's still developing, you know, so they're getting all this attention, whether it's literally from at home or community or now on this bigger, larger platform, the world is watching, you know, so being able to handle I'm rah, 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 getting praise for this to now everybody's not praising you for something. That is a big blow, you know. And so when we think about the social connection, the performance side of things, that mental health, that mental fitness, it is up and down day to day. And you're mm -hmm. exactly right. If the only thing we're paying attention to and checking for is the stats, is the great scores or whatever else, we're missing a complete human being, a complete Absolutely. human being that's suffering in silence, or thankfully they have somebody like you who is aware that, hey, you're more than just my athlete walking through this door and I need you to perform. Because really when you get into college levels and certain coaches, they are looking at, okay, leave that stuff on the outside and come on in here and, and be ready to go. But it's hard to do that, you know? So thankfully, <laughs> go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, I used to work for a coach and he was like, he had this thing called the concentration line, right? And so that meant once you stepped across this line, either it was under on top of the stadium uh, entrance where you went underneath or, you know, some marker on the field, that everything else that was going on outside of football that was you didn't need to worry about, right? Right now for two hours or three hours, whatever it was, we needed to focus on football. And that that sounds good. That sounds great. But if somebody's got some issue, whatever it is, you know, tragic or not, outside, for us to discount that is doing a disservice, yeah. um, you know, to the, to the student. If he or she is having some specific issue um, outside of athletics that actually impedes upon their performance, right? We, we'll be quick to say, oh, you need to eat more, drink more uh, water, right? It's hot. Okay. We, we'll be quick to say, okay, these are things that are affecting your performance. You need to fix or adjust or whatever. But when we talk about their mental health, nope, leave that outside. <laughs> Don't bring yes. that in to the practice field, even though this may be something that is really detrimental to their performance, but yet we don't want to talk about it yep. or bring it up or give them more importantly, a chance to talk about it. I don't, I'm just having a hard time in my fifties now understanding how that is making any sense. Why we are as coaches doing that to our kids, because at the end of the day, then we are now adding to the thing that's becoming more detrimental. He may want to speak, he can't, so now his practice is even worse because he doesn't have an outlet yeah. in which to express. And it doesn't always have to be something bad, but just whatever's going on outside of his field to know, guess what? You may not complete this pass, and this is something that I do. You may not complete this pass, but that is not going to change the fact that I love you as a person. You and my quarterbacks, you are your performance will determine whether you play or not. 
but that does not determine whether or not I will care for you and give you the best of my ability every day. Um, that is something I say often, and it is not about me being soft or me not, the kids not being mentally tough, but at the very minimum, I want them to know that I want them as a person to be the best they can be. That's big. That's big. And to come from a coach and somebody who's there and who really cares for them to have that and know that security that they have with you could be life saving, not only life changing, but life saving. And when you talk about adding in strategies and creating a place, you're really doing that, you know, and so you and I, and so as people are listening, you guys know that I'm the founder of Mental Edge Fitness Solutions, a mental performance company um, in the Cornelius area in Champion Sports Performance. We focus on mental fitness, providing strategies and solutions to keep people in their mindset in the right place and just having a space. And we've recently partnered. So when you're talking about your um ability to kind of see, you know what, there's more going on here. How do I offer a resource? What was your thought process partnering with us in, in terms of mental edge and being able to kind of be a support for you and, and the people that you're serving? Well, it, it just kind of went back to, all right, let's just break down the, the athlete, right? The first thing that they have to do before they run or jump or twist or turn or catch or throw whatever they have to have a thought to do those things, right? Um, we have a saying, we used to say when it was on the dog days of summer, like the body doesn't control the mind, the mind controls the body. So if you think you're not going to catch the ball, you're not going to catch the ball. Yeah. If you think it's too hot to practice, you're not going to practice well. And instead of it just being words to motivate athletes specifically for uh, the hot weather, I just started thinking, okay, well, let's take that a step further. If, if that's the case that in my chosen profession, I'm teaching athletes to run and jump faster and be stronger and quicker and, and, and more aggressive and all these things that, all right, well, the, before they even do that, if the brain doesn't tell them to perform, then it doesn't matter how strong or how quick or how fast they could be. So how can I, if I can improve the muscles and ligaments and tendons to physically be a better athlete, is there a way for me to mentally help athletes become better athletes initially, right? Yeah. If I can strengthen the brain or find a way, I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't know anything about psychology <laughs> other than I had to take it to graduate uh, college, but is there a way, if I can strengthen the body, is there a way to strengthen the brain? Okay, and then is there a way to strengthen the vision? Okay, then is there a way to strengthen the central nervous system? You know, to, com again, complete the athlete. Yeah. And then in our case, do we then create better students, better men, better women, because they are mentally tough to mentally tougher to handle things that are non-athletic, you know, uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, family, um, uh, academic success or failures. Uh, are they now better to handle, are they becoming a better husband or a better friend? Because the mentally, they're able to handle the things that they no longer control. That's the toughest thing. We, If we can't control what happens to our life, what we can get better at is handling how we respond to those things. Yeah. And 
athletically, we talk about, you know, change of direction, hand-eye contact. Um, but as an athlete mentally, um, it's can we handle or teach them to handle the stresses of life yes. as well as athletics in a much better or more confident way than they have been, as you said, in their developing brain. If that's the case, then let's give them a chance to be better at it versus just doing it. Yeah. And you're setting the bar. I mean, you really are setting the tone um, in, in, the, in the space that I hold in the mental performance, mental fitness space, combining mind and body and those approaches, going inside of a gym and being able to connect with somebody like yourself that gets it from the entire perspective, what you do on a daily basis, but seeing the need that we're dealing with a whole person, a whole human. They need more than just one thing. And how do we create a space where they can get those needs met? And it's not something that, like you're saying, has to be tragic. It's just an, a resource, an outlet to say, hey, I'm training myself to be faster, to to catch better, to be more equipped. But life, life is happening. What type of transferable skills am I learning along the way that's going to help me deal with a situation that has a setback? Maybe I have a loss in my family. Maybe I don't get the position or the job. Then what? Then what? And I don't know when it became that it had to be all or nothing. Like you had to fully focus on the physical part of athletics in order for you to be a good athlete. Like if you are, we're only using, you know, scientists say 10, 20% of our brain, right? So if I'm able to use 30% of my brain, how is that going to hurt me athletically? Right? (laughs) If I'm able to enhance my mental performance to 40% of my brain, how is that hurting me athletically? But somehow, some way we're like, no, don't focus on anything other than the physical. If you only have two hours to train, you need to be lifting for an hour, stretching for a half hour, and running for the other half, half hour. Why is it not, okay, we need to enhance the brain, which controls everything. 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 <laughs> it controls my eyelashes down to my toes. So why would I not be trying to enhance the one thing that will enhance everything? I love it. And, right? and, and one, the one thing, the one analogy I guess I can bring is when I was growing up where everybody had to squat. The mother of all uh, lifting, right? You <laughs> yes. had to squat. Oh. And you incorporated all these different things. But guess what? Even the squat doesn't control 100% of your body, <laughs> right? Yes. If we're going to try to do one thing that enhances everything, then it should be the brain, not the squat, for example. (laughs) Love that analogy. I love that analogy. It's so true, you know, because that is when you think about the brain, it's the engine that's taking on a lot of that load. And, you know, and so we can kind of condition and exercise that, get into a place where it starts to be a little stronger. It can handle some of the other things that come along with that. Kwame, what would you say to whether it's parents listening, other coaches listening, um, other entrepreneurs listening? What would be some of that advice as you're kind of talking through? And you've already dropped several nuggets, but we know that a lot of kids think they're going pro. Right. But we also know the reality that you're probably not. And so. What would you say to somebody who's like, well, I think I might can look into doing a mind-body approach, or this may be, your speed school may be a fit for me. What advice would you give somebody thinking about adding in some additional supports for their student? I would say, you know, kind of in my process, step back and just say, what is in the best interest of my students, right? 
first. Not what's in the best interest of my bottom line. Not what will make me very comfortable or the field that I've been, you know, growing up in. What will give my student athletes the best chance for success? And, you know, I remember when I was trying to be an athlete and play professionally. And, and I remember that one of the most telling things was uh, one of my coaches who has since passed, but when I, we were talking about the importance of adding or subtracting or, you know, how badly did you want something? It, you know, his advice was simple. He, was, he wasn't like, not what are you willing to work hard for? Because everybody is willing to work hard for something. It doesn't matter, good, bad, right or wrong. Working hard is not really the issue. His thing was, what are you willing to sacrifice wow. to get to where you want to be? Wow. Are you willing to sacrifice the free time? Are you willing to sacrifice the non-nutritional foods? Are you willing to sacrifice being popular right. in order to get where you want to be? And for me, that's kind of where I lost sight of that, you know, recently and or until recently. And, and now I understand, you know, I'm it's not me. I'm no longer trying to win state championship after state championship. Yeah, I'm no try, no longer trying to put multiple kids in professional sports and only training Olympic level Kwame, athletes. I appreciate you, buddy. Kwame Dixon, Parisi Spiegel, Holly Springs. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Mental Fitness Matters. Tune in every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. for more tips, tools, strategies, and solutions that will help you reach your peak mental fitness. My name is Tracy Austin, and you've been listening to Mental Fitness Matters.